Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Lessons with Troy, the podcast. I'm your host, Troy Brenny-Meyer. This week, my guest is the UK-based Wisenborn player, Barney Kinney. Barney takes what is normally a quiet, mellow instrument and puts it right at the forefront of his rock band, the Dust Bowl Children. Adding overdrive, wah-wah pedal, and other effects, he is redefining the sound of the traditional Wisenborn-style hollow neck guitar. In this interview, I wanted to get his fresh perspective of not only the Wisenborn and lap slide style playing, but also his take on the music industry and the highs and lows of being in an up-and-coming rock band in the UK. I'll also be playing tracks off their newly released EP called Hollow Lands. Be sure to check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash thedustbowlchildren. Also, if you're interested in learning more about playing Wisenborn, lap steel, dobro, or pedal steel, be sure to check out my site, LessonsWithTroy.com, where you'll find lots of downloadable video lessons and lots of free samples, too. Right now, here's my interview with Barney Kinney, and be sure to stick around to hear tracks off their new EP. Hi, welcome to Lessons with Troy, the podcast. I'm Troy Brenny-Meyer. Well, in this week's podcast, I'm happy to uh, welcome Barney Kinney from the group The Dust Bowl Children. And uh, he's coming to us all the way from across the uh, the ocean there in the UK. Devon, I believe, is the uh, town he's he's uh, at in the UK. So let's go ahead and make welcome Barney Kinney from the Dust Bowl Children. How's it going, Barney? Hello, sir. How are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, really good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, tell our, our listeners and viewers, you know, a little bit about yourself and, uh, and about your band and, and uh, kind of what you do. I know you play lap steel and wisenborn yeah. too in your group right yeah yeah i am um, actually i play uh just just the wisenborn but we uh we play kind of like a rock star so i put it through um put it through the lamp and chuck the crunch on it and it's um it's a great sound yeah a lot of wire pedal and a lot of um a lot of effects so um kind of a different take on the traditional hollow neck nice no well the first thing that comes to my mind initially when you're when you talk about you know playing wisenborn and putting overdrive and everything i mean how do you get around the feedback issue on stage with that it, it is a pro- problem a lot of the time uh, heavy sound checks um getting the um, the effects levels fine off of the pedals and also getting the balance with the amp as well and um, we've started uh using like a two amp setup for me and the other guitar players so we've got sort of two amps each so we have sort of a stereo effect on the stage which is kind of cool so we kind of put the wah first through one and then the effects next so it kind of it does help but yeah i mean um on the model i i'm using i've got like uh i've got a fishman pickup okay so the feedback's not too bad on that one but um on my on my other model i have to sort of block the sound hole with a bit of card so yeah that, that kind of works <laughs> so it's a bit of a bit of a posh job but it does the trick so yeah nice nice and what do you what kind of wise are you playing at the moment i'm I uh, play um, a guitar by a company called Underwood Guitars. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. They're based over here in, uh, in the UK. They're kind of a worldwide shipper. of um, they're, they're gorgeous, gorgeous instruments. Really, really lovely. Um, I've got two. Uh, my primary one at the moment is an AW series. And it's um, kind of a little bit deeper than, than my, my first one. So the, um, the action's a lot higher and it's just a bit... Uh, a lot warmer tone. The the, uh, the wood's different, and it's it's just yeah, it's gorgeous. Like acoustically, in like a lovely major tuning, it's just a real joy to play. And then it just works so great through the amp as well for Ben. So yeah, I cannot complain one bit. 
Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, you know, the other thing that I was uh, going to ask you, too, is just to tell our listeners a little bit about your band and, and you know, if they haven't heard of, of your band, you know, maybe a little history yeah. and so. Yeah, sure. So we are in our sort of second year now. Um, we've been going since, must be 2014. Uh, we kind of all met down in, in Falmouth, which is in Cornwall in the UK. So it's like the southern tip of the UK, sort of where we stick out towards the bottom of Ireland. And that's where we're based now, so Cornwall and Devon. And yeah, we're gigging a lot around there, just getting the name out. Um, we're unsigned, so it's probably why like we haven't got quite a lot of lot out there. But the last year year has been a big one for us because we've hit like a thousand likes on Facebook. We've just released some new music this week and yeah, we're just really gradually getting sort of promoters on our side early over in the UK. So um, to do this sort of thing and get across the pond is really important for us because we, um, we'd love to crack the US at some point. So yeah, yeah, we're doing, we're doing all right. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Well, you know, the other thing too that I was, I, I would love to talk to you about is just, you know, to get your perspective as someone who's starting up a band, you know, relatively new, and um, mm-hmm. just kind of your your views of the the music industry, and you know how how I mean, when I was I'm going to sound old or something, but when I was growing up, you know, you'd do it a little bit different. You'd get a record deal and and this and that. Now it's completely different. I mean, Spotify and um, iTunes yeah. and all these different streaming plays. What what's your views of all that kind of stuff? I think I think. Streaming is great. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a really good way of getting the music out there if you're not too fussed about sort of the financial element of it because obviously it's a lot different than going out there selling your music or selling it from your own site or something. But personally, I think it's, in my opinion, as like both solo and with a band, like having a music streamable for everyone everywhere is just so important. And it's it's such a change in, in the way that things have gone, like as you were saying earlier, like um, to have that service now in the sort of modern era of music, so to speak, is is vital to have your stuff streamable, to send it across the globe in, in a heartbeat, to have somebody that can listen to it at any point, anywhere, at the tip of, you know, the tip of the fingers is so great. But in the same sense, like, not enough people get out and, and do it for themselves, which is something that I know in, in Dust Bowl we really pride ourselves on is that we gig a lot and we get out there and we still do it um, sort of old school because there's so many people that like we, we know a couple of people that sort of land a record deal and because they've got this this kind of niche little song that the record company's picked up and we say, oh, that was, that was great. You guys must have worked really hard and go oh we've sort of only ever done like three shows and it's kind of like oh man really (laughs) do this like three times a week and yeah i just i think it's so important to engage with like face to face with fans and just meet people and talk to people because that's the way you sort of network these days is like it's great to have social media and social networking but to do it with real people is still so important like to me as a musician to interact with people is is the only way to really get true fans i think true yeah yeah i agree yeah for sure yeah spotify i you know i just recently in the last year or so um started a subscription to that and it's just Mm. so 
it's just so easy to use, you know? I mean, I just dialed yeah. up something on my phone, you know, right before we started to, you know, check out all your stuff and, and I mean, it's just there. It's there. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about losing CDs or scratching them or yeah. Uh, exactly. I mean, this time around, like, uh, with our last release, which was just like a lot of folk here and like, that was mainly sort of my own writing and this next release this week is solely sort of writing as a band. So with that one, like I think putting it online was, was was kind of cool for me just to hear it as like everyone could just get hold of my stuff and it was great but um with that one we just ordered so many CDs and we were like ah oh, we'll sell them all at gigs it'd be great it'd be brilliant and uh, we did like we did like a 10 day door tour and we sold about like, 40 out of the 200 that we got everyone's like it's fine man I'll just get it I'll just get it online I'll get it on Spotify it's like oh Cheers, man. <laughs> so it's kind of like swings and roundabouts, really. It's great because everyone can go home and listen to you, but then they kind of think, oh, I can go home and listen to them for free. Yeah. So it's sort of, I don't mind either way. Like, it's, it's cool to have a CD. Like, I'd buy a CD from a couple of guys that I saw in a pub that I liked. So it's kind of, it's nice to see when people do pick up your stuff everywhere. It's great. Like, people say, oh, I just heard you online. It's great. It's like, oh, cool. So you found me. I didn't have to do like, do much for you to find me and then they'll come see a show. So yeah. Nice. I'm off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It definitely makes it more convenient. But, but then again, I know that, you know, there has to be a trade off to the artist. I would think, especially starting off, you know, where you, you're not making that, that kind of money up front until you kind of get, I, I would think just thousands and thousands of, da- you know, people listening on Spotify, but then it gets your name out there. So it's kind of, yeah, I mean, you sort of can sap, you can have a million plays on Spotify and sort of not really make anything, whereas you can then go and play to sort of two hundred people or a hundred people in a in a club and sell twenty CDs, and you'd make more than your million on Spotify. So <laughs> it's kind of like what would you rather? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's tough, but it's fun. Like gigging is is so important, and it just really. I think it forms it forms a band and it, it makes a band. Like if you're good if you're good on the record, that's great. And if you're good live, then then you're a great band. I think. Nice. It's a real test. Well, who are some of your influences? Uh, you know, playing. I'm just going to call it lap style guitar. You know, because it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I mean, it's so difficult because I actually I've never really listened to a lot of lap style guys before I started working for this for Underwood the company. So. I mean, I got a, a couple of mates over here that I've that are like ten years older than me, and they've sort of been playing it before or I did. So I watched them at a couple of festivals, and I thought, oh man, that's cool, that's really cool. I'd love to get into that. So I think I've only been playing it for two, 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 two and a half years now. Oh really? So yeah, yeah. It's I've been sort of guitaring for for a long time, and I was always sort of a rock and roll blues guitar player. But then I went, I went off to uni and I was like, okay, everyone's a guitar player. I'm not standing out really. Like you can be, you can be great and, and not really stick out. So I thought like, I still love playing electric guitar, but what is there that I can do where there's sort of no one else is doing it to make it stand out? And I thought like this lap steel business is, is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, cause I'm a folk player as well. So it, it the hollow body, especially it doubles as sort of my primary thing. So I can take it just solo shows and play folk and grassroots stuff and then I can take it to a band show and stick it through the amp and it's and everyone's like oh man what's that that's awesome and that's what's so great for me personally as a player at the gigs is 
everyone, no matter how big or small the show is, someone will come up to you and go, man, that is awesome. Like, what is that instrument? You're like, oh, well, I'll chat to you for a bit about this. It's like, you can just do so much with it. Yeah. And if you like a guitar and not as sort of this sort of gentle, fragile thing, because like, same with anything, like it, if you, if you buy an instrument or like a camera or a phone, like if you're soft with it, then it doesn't really like get any character and people that sort of bubble wrap their instruments. I've never been all for that. And sort of like, you just chuck it around a bit. It'll be fine. It's not going <laughs> to, it's not going to break unless you really kick it. So I mean, it, my, my, mine are a little bit battered and broken at times. Hey, give, give some character. Yeah. My, my dad always mentions uh, Willie Nelson's guitar, you know, how it has the, the, yeah. the hole in it and it's all scraped up and everything one guitar i think <laughs> was it was it willie nelson that had just that bit of pipe as his bottleneck and he just used that for like the whole his whole career like just one bit of pipe <laughs> man you can't find that like Dwayne Dwayne norman's pill bottle <laughs> come on <laughs> that's great oh man now, yeah to be honest i've never it's only since I started playing lap steel that I've been looking into lap steel artists. Like I would never have come across like Ben Harper or Xavier Rudd if I hadn't first started the instrument. So it's kind of backwards for me. Yeah, yeah. But what's what's some think, some of the you know with you just kind of you know in the last few years you know playing this? What's some things mm-hmm. that you you struggle with with the instrument? I mean, the instrument's so technically challenging, you know, to get the intonation and everything right. Oh, uh, I mean. What something that is quite interesting to me, and I've I've only just picked up on it, is that um, most of the guys that I play with in the UK that play the lap steel, they kind of use the um, little shub slides, mm-hmm. kind of small ones. And I've been using I I personally, for me, I use an art the um, the Robert Randolph the RR two. Okay, yeah. Like a pedal steel slide, so it's like a good half an inch longer, and it's just it's so dense. And it's not curved at the end, so there's no intonation. You can't. There's no um, bend, so it's not designed for individual stuff. It's just purely for bars, and I kind of think that's given me a bit of an edge because I can reach across the whole fretboard at a time. And whereas most of the guys are sort of playing the chords on the lower three, but I can kind of get across everything and get a bit more of um, a bit more range out of it. Um, I sort of. When I do play, I leave the top string open, like the high, the high D. I leave it open when I play a lot of the time, so it kind of has this chorus effect, which is quite, quite nice. But um, intonation-wise and individual notes, I play a lot of the lead lines on the on the high strings anyway. So, yeah, a lot of hammer-ons mainly, and combining it with the wah pedal kind of gives you a bit of an edge you can kind of mask over any sort of mistakes if you get your sort of intonation on the pedal right so i kind of get away with it nice nice it's more of a vibe thing probably too to just yeah, yeah. get the get the energy levels up you know absolutely but it's different when you play um when i play solo anyway because then it's just unplugged and clean and i play a lot sort of more ballady type things so there's a lot more chord based on the lap steel and a lot more um yeah not as uh not as crazy and not as many not as many hammer-ons. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, cool. Well, uh, tell our listeners a little bit. You know, a lot of a lot of the listeners, it's probably or viewers. You know, on YouTube, uh, they're mm-hmm. on this side of the pond, so to speak. What's life for yeah. you like uh, living in the UK and and having a band in the UK? Yeah. It's great. Like we we're gigging on time. We get we're good in a certain area. But I mean, I I personally, I'd love to come over and, and gig there because the gigging life here is is so difficult. 
to if you want to make a living out of it. Like you can gig wherever you like, but it's either going to cost you or you're not going to make the money. So finding paying gigs is is it takes time. Like we're just about now now getting into the point where we can make a relatively all right amount of money off of a week's gigging. But sort of we've done so many free shows. Like we've we've travelled for free shows like a long way. Well, I said it's a long way for the UK. <laughs> um, we've gone from Cornwall to London and back for sort of a twenty minute free free show because we thought it would be worth it. And we've done that a couple of times, and we're just like now it's we've come to the decision that we just don't find it it's worth going to to the city to to London to do anything because no one pays you unless it's a great venue or you're signed. Really? Okay. So, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of the time, it's pay to play actually. Oh wow! So it's yeah, so it's like oh yeah, yeah, you can come and play, but you have to sell like ninety tickets, and it's like well. We're we're based four hours away. We don't have a fan base there. Like we can't fork out this amount of money for tickets that we're not going to sell, and then lose money and lose petrol money. And it's just like it's so much hassle to do it at the stage where no one's managing you and you're doing it all yourself. So I think the next stage for us is just trying to get some sort of agency deal or management deal, and we can just like break through the ceiling that we kind of need to get to the next point at. Yeah. So we're just so we're totally 100% self-managed, self self-promoted. Everything's done by us. And it's it's really tiring. It's really tiring times. Like you sort of get to the end of the week and you're like, oh, man, so I didn't really get much done this week, but I've got something in the pipeline for two weeks' time. And it's like there's a lot of planning and it's a lot of effort. But when you get to the gig and it's good and the people are there and they're loving it, it's, it makes it worth it. But I think for for the band, the next point is literally just – getting on someone's books and getting getting to the next stage really yeah yeah now would that next stage be uh like an opening gig you know for a bigger band or a festival gig yeah exactly what we what the goal is is to get on like a support tour for someone big so sort of an opening slot on like a like a sort of european leg of a tour or just like four or five dates for a big crowd and a big like biggish band I think that's that's where we want to get to for now in the next sort of year or so. Nice. Now, who are some mm. of the bands uh, that, that you like from the UK? I know myself, and I, we had mentioned this, on, we had chatted on Facebook to some of the viewers. Uh, we had chatted on Facebook, and, and a band that I really like, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan, but they had an opening yeah. group called uh, Royal Blood, I think was the name of the group. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we like Royal Blood. We do like Royal Blood. They're such a huge sound for a two-piece. It's, it's insane. They're kind of like uh, black keys just on on illegal substances. It's, <laughs> it's just so it's so much sound. Like you forget the guys playing a bass. Like it's insane. Yeah. But I didn't even think about it. until I watched them on YouTube. I was like, that is a bass. How has he done that? And he's but, he's very secretive too. Like I got on some. <laughs> I had to get on forums and everything. Yeah. And and literally people have like pictures of his pedals and they're like i think he's doing this with this pedal and it's crazy yeah he won't tell he won't so, tell about his gear you know he's real secretive about it i bet it's not a big secret i bet it's really easy but what he's doing is just <laughs> like, oh yeah I've, got, I've just got one drive pedal that's it it's just none of these plugged in yeah no <laughs> <laughs> no i'd love to see them because uh, our drummer actually went to the foos show over here where it was iggy pop raw blood and foods and he was like oh man it was awesome apparently it was epic yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. That sort of 
we always talk about like opening for someone like Royal Blood. Like, wow, that'd be great. That'd be really insane. Well, that's what but, I thought yeah. of when I first heard your heard your uh, the hook. You know, which we're actually yeah. this would probably be a good point to uh, to play this this yeah, song. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's that's the sound that I, I was like, wow, that that has a that real driving sound to it. So yeah, why don't we yeah, go ahead? And and, the first oh, go ahead. Instrumental we'd written, so yeah, yeah, let's let's give it a go. What'd you, uh, and I think I might have cut you off. What'd you say right then? I said that's our first instrumental that we've ever written, and we're like, we kind of wanted to put some words to it, but we said, oh, it sounds actually, it sounds really cool, just on its own. Like it doesn't really need much because the the guitars are kind of playing the melody line anyway. And like when we play it live, we kind of get the crowd kind of doing the the, the lines anyway. So it, yeah, it, it works really cool. It's, really, it's a nice break, <laughs> middle of the set, just to sort of rest with vocals a bit. Nice, nice. Well, here's uh, the Dust Bowl Children uh, featuring Barney Kenny on the uh, the Weizenborn, right? Plugged in, nice. electrified, lots of testosterone. And this is their song <laughs> called The Hook. Hope you enjoy it.
welcome back. We're uh, talking with Barney Kenny from the group The Dust Bowl Children. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about his, uh, his band's new EP that's coming out. Now, what's, what's the title of this? And tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, sure. So the, uh, the title of the EP is called Hololands. And um, that's actually the title track of the, of the EP is, is called that. Um, so I wrote it about a year ago uh, on a little nylon acoustic. And it kind of had this sort of Indian vibe. So I took it to band and I was like, okay, yeah, what do we want to do with this? So I put it on, I put it on the electric guitar. And, um, yeah, I had these lyrics on the back burner about, because I live on Dartmoor in, um, in the UK, and it's kind of like this open, barren, like expansive uh, hills and rocks. But it's quite a barren place. And I thought, like, I'll put this sort of Indian feel on like a, a Devon influence. And it's, it, it's worked really well. Like we have this really huge outro with a great guitar solo. And yeah, it's, it's a great track. Uh, it's a bit of an epic, it's like five and a half minutes, but it's awesome. So um, there's no lap still on that, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pretty epic tune. So we're really happy with it. Um, it should be on iTunes within the next couple of weeks. So yeah, it'll Very be cool. up, and, up and ready. <laughs> Well, why don't we why don't we listen to another song too? Uh, and this is going to be on this new EP you're saying, right? Um, Hollow Lens, yeah. the, all the, all yeah. these songs that we're we're demoing on on this podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. Cool, yeah, all, very cool. Uh, there's, there's three lap tracks on there: uh, the hook, uh, driving, and a track called Bad Plans. And the other two are um, just our sort of straight up electric guitar. Uh, but yeah, those those are the three uh, Weisenborn tracks on the EP. So yeah. Nice, nice. And actually, you know, we we didn't even talk about the hook. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. The one that that uh, we just listened to. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the maybe the recording process. What's going on behind the scenes with that? Okay, so it was kind. It was um, it's quite funny actually. We were um, we were invited in to do um, a live lounge session for, for BBC Radio, and they were, they were like, "Okay, guys, you need like three songs," and we wanted to use the the lap steel. Because it's such a cool like selling point, and people talk about it on the radio. It's like, we're, okay, we need like three, three songs that we can do an arrangement, like an acoustic arrangement for for um for the radio. So we had we did a cool version of driving and an old song of ours called Downtown, which is kind of like a, a ZZ Top shuffle, like a Texas shuffle. Um, and we did those two, and like, okay, we need something else. So we were kind of playing around with the riff from the hook, and we just sort of put put it together. And it was a day before, and we still hadn't finished it. And we're saying, oh, it needs some words. And then we sort of played through it a couple of times. And so we're like, actually, it's really catchy as it is. And it's such a cool thing. Like, no, no bands really write like rock instrumentals, especially like uh, from our neck of the woods anyway. So we're like, okay, so we've got Slide. We've got a freaking awesome drum beat on it and loads of cool parts and a really great like catchy melody line. So we'll just keep it as an instrumental. And yeah, we just sort of dropped it as a single. And yeah, it's got really good feedback. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. I think so. And uh, so th- let's let's listen to another one from the EP. Now this one uh, is called "Bad Plans." And maybe before we listen to it, what's uh, tell us a little bit about that that tune? Okay, this, um, this was kind of the the second song that we ever experimented with um, the wah pedal on the lap steel. So um, I can't really remember how we got around to doing this one. Of a riff we're playing with. Um, in rehearsals, just sort of sound checking, and we're like, "Oh yeah, that's a that's, that's a really sweet riff. Uh, we can keep that and make it into a, a like a sort of radio length great track." And it's actually one we're going to send in to um, to BBC this week to get that on the radio uh, for next week. 
weekend. So um, yeah, the riff is just a straight up rock riff with um, a lot of heavy wah pedal, and the lyrics are kind of about um, sort of forbidden forbidden women that you shouldn't <laughs> like but you do. So um, there's the this guy kind of likes this girl that he shouldn't like. She's kind of like a rock chick, and he's just like, oh man shouldn't like you but i do <laughs> so yeah he has bad plans so um yeah we hope you like it very cool here's bad plans the dust bowl children Strutting on the sand 
right, welcome back. We're talking to Barney Kenny from the group The Dust Bowl Children. And I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, something that that always interests me. Um, you know, I kind of taught my whole life, and I was never a musician that went out on the road or anything so much. Mm-hmm. But tell us a little bit, and our, our listeners a little bit about life on the road for a, a you know a band that's up and coming. Yeah, oh, that's great. We love it. It's it's stressful, but it's so much fun. Like sticking everything in the car and cramming yourself in because we're actually just going around sort of in like a hatchback so we have three four guitars drums and then four of us somehow in this sort of (laughs) course so it's it's a bit mental but it's great it's great fun um as i say at the moment we don't we don't travel too far we're sort of doing like two three hours at a time so it's it's a struggle when you're in there it gets a bit hot and sweaty and people get a bit cross because like oh man I don't want to be stuck in a car anymore. <laughs> it's not like we have a huge bus or a van, but I mean, when you get there and like unpack and you get ready for the show, like it's awesome. I love it. Absolutely love it. Nice, nice. Well, we got a little. I'm, I'm missing your video yeah, now. Yeah, let's, let's see. There we go. Don't know You got him? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now you're coming back. Cool. Very cool. Again. So you're in. Uh, let me just kind of paint the picture here. So you're in a hatchback with four yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. You've got. I mean, I'm just thinking. Are you pulling a, a trailer? You must be pulling a trailer, no. right? Or no, no. trailer. It, it it is like. Did you ever play Tetris? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's literally Tetris. It's um. It's down to a fine art. Like it's insane. Because our, uh, our drummer um George it. He's he's had to buy like a a kit that's like just for dust bowl because it's a lot. This kit's awesome. I love it. It's a lot smaller. I think it's a Gretsch or a Ludwig or something. I think it's less yeah, Ludwig. But, oh, it's awesome. It's like a, a the kick is like a floor tom, and then Tom's uh, sort of one up one down job. It's awesome. It sounds huge, which is so weird for such a little thing. But yeah, so that's the hardware bag goes in the boot first, and then the drums go on top of that. And then guitars go on top of that. I mean, when we when we can get away with amp sharing, it's it's bliss because we don't have to share any. You know, we don't have to bring our own amps, which is sometimes a bit of a faff. But like when there's space in the car, it's great. I mean, a trailer would be awesome. A van would be ideal. But yeah, it's a laugh. Like we're sort of sitting under Fender champs and Orange bass amps all the time. So we're putting in the air. <laughs> so it's a laugh. We love it that much. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's great, and it makes for for you know down the road great stories too. Yeah. I'm sure when when we finally get the big bus, like <laughs> that's right. Reminisce, yeah. reminisce about the Vauxhall. So, are you doing these shows, and then uh, like say you drive to London, are they putting you up, or are you you having to just kind of man like so much? We actually in two years we've had two gigs where they've given us accommodation. So we've said, and one was last week. It was our second one in two years that we've got a bed. It was bliss. <laughs> and we were, we're like, everyone can have a drink and we can just chill out. And we don't have to worry about going home, hotel. So, yeah, that's another thing like that's different uh, over here for a gigging band in the UK. Like, a lot of the time, you don't get sort of a rider or you, a lot of the time you wouldn't get like a hotel you have to do it 
under your own steam sort of thing so even getting like a couple of free beers is is a challenge sometimes so yeah we've had we've had some bad ones <laughs> must be <laughs> oh man you're paying I, your dues though when when it finally when it finally breaks you're just gonna you're gonna I don't enjoy know, it so much myself. yeah i mean like there's been gigs where we've been paying and then our bar tab's been more than we've been paid so it's <laughs> like oh, i done what have i done to myself but yeah it's all fun and you learn you learn from it Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, very cool. Well, are you any plans on uh, you know doing any European? Uh, yeah, stuff? there are plans. Nothing's booked, but that that's something we're we're desperately looking into um, booking some sort of west Western Europe stuff. So maybe go to like Paris, Netherlands, Germany. Um, we'd love to do it this summer, but nothing's booked in at the moment. But um, yeah, it's definitely in the pipeline. Definitely nice. Yeah, I think like been... a lot of the guys on the lap steel circuit in the UK sort of do a really good sort of Germany and the Netherlands. It's quite a big like people like it out there a lot, and um, it's a, it's a whole new crowd. Like over here, we sometimes find that people just aren't really engaged with the music that we're playing. So I'd, we'd love to get out there and sort of play like a sort of German beer festival or like something just totally different and see how it goes down. Because I think then. When we have played some like festivals and stuff, we've got sort of uh, uh, the foreigners coming in from the, have come down for the weekend, coming over for the weekend, and they're like, "Oh man, yeah, that's really cool." Like we love that sort of stuff over like in, in Germany or or in Holland. I'm like, oh, awesome! <laughs> we'll come out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what I always picture. You know, I there's a group I like called the Infamous String Dusters, and uh, I, I have a poster. I used to have it hanging up in my studio, but it was their German tour. And if you get on YouTube, you can see it's kind of when they were starting off, you know, they, they filmed this all, I think as their banjo player, filmed yeah. all this, edited it, and it just made it look so cool, you know, to tour. They, I guess there's one summer they just toured all these just went for beer festivals in Germany, you know. Mm, yeah, I think that's definitely something that we're going to look into. Because, I mean, it's been so hard for us getting stuff because we've had such a break in recording, like, and the style since our first... EP the styles just changed it's like a whole different band like we were because we keep forgetting like we've been playing and rehearsing and writing for so long and we keep forgetting that no one else has heard it so it's all in our heads like oh man why aren't we getting these shows it's like oh it's because nothing's out online like it's because we haven't got anything out and it's obviously it's so difficult for us when we know that we'd slot in so perfectly to this like gap in the market but obviously you wouldn't get booked if there's sort of nothing for them to hear so that's why this release is so big for us like it's just a marking like a new chapter for us getting it online and getting it ready to send to people really nice nice yeah so fingers crossed well what about um i know like with with what i do you know i i use youtube a lot mm. um are you guys have any plans in the future to really hit the the video yeah, youtube kind of place started like um filming whenever we go out to gigs and doing like a sort of road diary thing so that's something we've just started doing this year and um, we've got one out from uh, one of our um devon shows down in plymouth and yeah yeah we're starting to sort of get into youtube a bit more because um it's such a great platform and it, uh, it's so like underrated and so underused for for like uh, that sort of musician vlogging, like, because obviously the YouTubers sort of take over quite a lot. Like, I'm I'm quite big into watching the YouTubers and the daily vlogging style of things, but um, you don't see a lot of bands doing it. 
So it's kind of yeah. something that we'd like to, to do a lot more of and we are starting to do a lot more of. So yeah, it's great. We've been filming sort of ourselves in the recording process and in the studio and yeah, we might uh, be able to sort of compile that all together into sort of um, yeah, a recording diary video vlog. So yeah, hopefully. Nice, uh, you can nice, find yeah. us on YouTube, uh, just the Dust Bowl Children on YouTube and then we've got a channel, we've not got really any subscribers but we have got a few few little videos up, so yeah. So so once again, uh, it's just uh, your YouTube profile name is what is it? It's just the Dust Bowl Children, it's just the band name and uh, yeah, you should be able to find us pretty easily. Um, there's uh, videos of us at a place called The Convent Club and a couple of festival videos so there's not much but we are there so <laughs> nice nice well let's take another little break and and let our listeners uh listen to the the third tune that we uh you know we're, we're playing on this and it's called driving maybe yeah. tell us a little bit about this tune okay so dr driving is like uh, an old favorite of ours it was like the first point where we sort of really changed our style we went from folk to rock and one song and and this was the one that sort of changed it for us and it's got a lot of radio play over here in the UK and yeah that this is the first time we used the wah pedal on the lap steel so it, nice. this was a cool, this was a cool point for us um, it's got like an Americana feel actually we always sort of imagine it being an American song because it's got a lot of American influences it's sort of in our heads it's um, driving big open roads Cadillacs desert, <laughs> desert style so yeah it's um yeah, it's a it's a really it's a cool song for us to play, and it was the first time we put sort of like a a dance beat sort of in the middle eight, and it it gets things kicking. Like we started putting it earlier on in the set rather than later, and it gets uh, gets the mood really, really where we want it early on. So it's, yeah, it's a great track. Very cool. Here it is. Hope you enjoy it. This is once again Barney Kinney, the Dust Bowl Children, and this is the tune called Driving. <laughs>
welcome back. We're uh, once again talking to Barney Kenny, and uh, he plays with a group called the Dust Bowl Children. I want to talk a little bit about um, your your hometown. You said you're from Devon, yeah, uh, in the UK. Talk talk to us a little bit about that, and and kind of describe to our listeners what what the, what what that town's like. Okay, so um, well, me, uh, our bass player and the drummer, that's George and Pete. Um, we actually all originally come from the same town, which is um, a little bit north of Devon and Cornwall. It's a place called Malmesbury, and it's just outside Bath and Bristol. So a couple of you guys might know the Bristol area. It's about two hours from London. And, yeah, we came, we've come down to Cornwall and Devon now, and we've, we've really sort of related with the area with our music, and we thought this is sort of somewhere we think this music can really take off. So, like, uh, George and Pete and Joe... They live in, in Cornwall and Falmouth, so on the sea. And um, I'm living up in Devon on Dartmoor at the moment. So it's, um, it's a really special place for me. Um, and it's uh, somewhere I've visited a lot when I was a, when I was a kid. And yeah, I didn't think I'd end up sort of living in the area. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, that's happened. And, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy about it. And it's a great – it's such an inspirational place to write music as well. Um, just – the history and the landscape it's, it's you don't find it anywhere else in in England so it's it's really uh, it's a privilege to to live around here yeah now is it a is it a small town is it a big town are there little pubs is oh, it yeah, more of a farming yeah. community yeah yeah um devon cornwall they pride themselves on their little pubs so yeah i play a lot like uh, a lot of folk gigs in the pubs and then yeah i love it little stone low ceilings that's brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, so Devon, Devon and Cornwall are uh, counties, so they're kind of like small states for the UK. Okay. So, um, yeah, I live in a town called Tavistock at the moment, which is in Devon, and then uh, the the guys are living in a town called Falmouth in Cornwall. So, um, yeah, they're they're not they're not big places. That's it's all very close together. <laughs> um, we live about an hour and a half away from each other, so it's easy to get to, easy to gig. It's great. Nice. Nice. Oh, looks like we lost the video again. Let's see. Oh, there you go. It's okay. coming back. There it is. So, um, and this is just something that I'm curious about. Um, you know, cause one day I want to visit England, and in my mind, it, it's probably something that I've probably seen in movies or something. But the the small pubs, you know, with the uh, the the locals that are always in there with the big pints of, of beer. But yeah. so I'm picturing you playing at, at these 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 let's say a pub or something mm -hmm. and you say you're playing folk music what in england what would what's a typical kind of pub gig like well with with bands like a, a pub gig with dust bowl is is in, next to impossible the volume is just too loud you can't hear anything um but with a like you get a lot of a lot of pub acts are sort of cover bands so they play a lot of like classic classic rock covers from uk a lot of just general stuff people can sing along to. So you really cut your teeth in the pubs playing over here when you play your original music because it's such a challenge because you have to get people on board with your music. So you have to do a set that sort of has covers in it that you can get people with, but also enough, um, enough covers that they don't mind listening to your originals. And then that's when you get them on board, really. So, um, yeah, I mean, when I... I mainly I don't book shows for band in the pubs anymore because the sound just doesn't quite fit, and like you can't really get, uh, you can't really experience the music as it should because it's just too loud for a small pub. But um, 
for for folk music, um, I play a lot of sort of unplugged sessions in Kayleys down in the pubs, and there's a lot of amazing folk players, a lot of great fiddle players, banjo players, uh, a lot of great guitarists. Um, and then you can just share songs, and it's it's so lovely um, to play with to play with a lot of just brilliant musicians that you wouldn't otherwise meet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, are they kind of, I mean, is there a stage or is this kind of a, more of a thing where you guys, more of a jam yeah. situation where you just pull up a chair? Or exactly, something? like a lot of the, these, these ones we do in um, in Devon, like with when it's just me, like we just sort of go in, grab a beer, pull up a chair and then sit there for sort of four hours just playing music. It's brilliant. But obviously, oh. and like it's a lot more structured. So you sort of turn up, set up, sound check and it's sort of the, the pub scene is it was great for starting out and realizing that like you can't you can't do this if you want to do your own music because it's too it's too small unless you get over like a bigger like pub venue and yeah like the the people aren't really listening to you a lot of the time but you get like one in five which is brilliant but most of the time it's just it's sort of not really worth this the struggle but um yeah. personally for me i'd rather i'd rather come and sit in like one of the pubs around where I live so on a little like old low ceiling fireside jam for the night and that's where I'm sort of at my happiest playing playing folk music I think yeah like, yeah now as a lap steel player around here because there aren't there aren't any that go to these things there's a lot of guitar players and a lot of fiddle players so um bringing the lap steel everyone's like oh that's that's cool that's something new which is again like a real pleasure because because if um, if you kind of mess up, then everyone they don't really notice because they're not they don't know the instrument too well. So, <laughs> yeah, there's just so many brilliant players, and it's just a real a real pleasure to play with them, sort of week in week out. Really. Nice. Mm. Well, one thing that I've noticed with the wise and born in a jam, let's say you know like what I'm picturing you're playing at these pubs, you know, just getting together and, mm. and kind of jamming, is the volume a lot of times on a wise and born it, it's. I don't know if yours is different than mine, but mine I played. And when it gets a little loud, sometimes the Weisenborn, it, it's kind of hard to yeah, compete, it, you know? I mean, that's why I'm now realizing that I, like, it's something I've wanted for, for years. I just, I, the Dobro is sort of the next step for that, for that um, folk thing. Cause yeah, when, when there's sort of 10, 12 musicians and there's fiddles and banjos, like you, you, you struggle to get the, the Weisenborn through. And it's it's lovely when it's just solo or when it's plugged in, but like literally unplugged in a jam environment, it doesn't really cut it. Whereas the dobro would, um, it just it would cut through brilliantly. And I think yeah. like the sound is so cool from a dobro, and it's something that I would I cannot wait to get my hands on because uh, it would just sit so perfectly in that sort of jam scenario, really. And there's no but you say that there's are you basically the only one then playing a lap Around, style instrument or? yeah yeah i mean to be honest a lot of the lap steel players in in the uk are all with underwood guitars and i've pretty much met all of them and there's only really on on the main circuit about five or six of us that are doing it as we are um so yeah and there are we're all sort of based around the same area of the country so it's quite strange but it's it's really it's really a great group of people to to be a part of like it's a real pleasure so yeah when you take it out to a, a jam it's sort of not something anyone expects someone to bring along yeah so yeah i think uh getting the dobro would just be um sort of a next level thing for me for that folk environment 
Absolutely. It'd be perfect. Yeah. I can't even believe I, I, I've forgotten to ask this question, um, but I'm assuming just with the, the Weisenborn, mm. are you an open D tuning for that one? I or? absolutely am. Yeah. D-A-D, F-sharp, A-D. Uh, something that I have been messing around with on a couple of songs at the moment is D-A-D, E-A-D, which I'm really oh. liking. So it's kind of not really... Um, it's not really anywhere, but it's it's lovely. Like I play um, the boy that wouldn't hoe corn. I do a little cover of that in that tuning, and you can kind of do a cover of Jerry Douglas style licks with that. And I've got a, a song of my own that I play in that tuning, and it's it's really lovely. I mean, most of the time, I only really tune that um, G position string anyway to get to get different tunings. I'm either going major or D A D D A D. Or minor really so it's it's sort of all on one string and then um, the sound just totally changes so yeah yeah I'm um DAD DAD for most of the band stuff and then and, and just capo really yeah DAD DAD now is that mm. I mean you're lowering that that third string yeah pretty considerably I mean are you getting is it wobbly on you it it, it depends on the gauge to be honest a lot sometimes it is a bit and it, it's a you don't really notice it too much with the amp, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're playing unplugged and then yeah, it can get a bit a bit wobbly. But to be honest, I don't really notice it. I don't think the, yeah. the natural chorus of those two middle strings, are both at D, kind of counters it quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. And it's now I forget like if power we... chord riffs as well, like with the band, like you can't really mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> for sure now any any thoughts of uh you know going full full-on lap steel electric lap steel i've thought about it a lot of the time and i've uh i've, I've nearly gone on for it but i don't know it's it i don't know i really want to but i think what i'm figuring out now when me and joe are i'm guitarist are sort of talking a lot about it like if i've got this hollow body we might as well try and get a bit of that hollow body sound out of it whilst blending an amp tone as well mm -hmm. sort of uh, I mean I am so fully into like Robert Randolph it's unreal and his tone is just to die for but uh, I don't know like the only thing that I'd want to get the full body for would be to sort of experiment with sort of standing up because I sit down for all the gigs so I'm sitting yeah. down with with the lap steel sort of rocking out and I think like if I could stand up the dynamics might change a bit but then, I don't know, like, it's so difficult because the feedback obviously would be eliminated with a solid body and, it, and it'd be, it would look a bit cooler and obviously it's a lot smaller, you can transport it better. But like, I, I love the hollow, I love the Holonex. Like, I, I can't, I haven't had any problems with them when I've like sat down with the settings in the sound check and got it right. Like, the only time you have feedback problems is when you're sort of really rushing the stage changeovers and you don't have any time to sort of sort it out yourself. Yeah, yeah. But no, I'd love to get I'd love to get a solid body uh, eventually uh, along with the Dobra. Nice. Great additions to the to the lineup. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Asher, I don't I'm sure you've mm -hmm. you've heard of, of him and his guitars if you like uh uh Robert Randolph plays one, lots of different people play one, but he has a um a pretty affordable one that has that what's called a belly bar in it. So you can it it, it it's this bar that have you have you seen that one? Can't say I have, no. 
Okay. It look actually it looks a lot like a wise morn, you know, his shape of yeah. the instruments. And then there's two holes drilled in the side of it mm-hmm. and he has this removable what's called a belly bar that he pushes into the side and then it allows you to to stand up with it, you know, with what? a strap. Ooh. Yeah, man. I I think uh, I mean, uh, you know, if you ever do, I, I I've tried putting a strap on on the on the Wise and Born, yeah, yeah, and I've um, I don't know if you've heard of them. I'm I'm really into a band called Larkin Poe. Yeah, oh for sure, Megan Lovell. Yeah, 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 and her her lap steel is like, what is that? That is epic. Like it's got an armrest on it, and I'm just like, oh, I've never seen something so cool. <laughs> I just I'm so into those girls at the moment. I love them. I think they're incredible, great songwriters, great performers. And they they are like my priority to try and gig with if they're over here. Like to get to support them would be a real a real pleasure. It'd be amazing. Oh. Now, have you have you contacted them at all? Or, uh, or I'm going to this week when the new EP's out because um, we've played. I found them through a venue. We we played a, the Convent Club actually like a couple of weeks after them, and yeah, it's the first time I saw them. I was like, oh man, that's cool. I really love their sound. Their songs are great. And yeah, I think they're just just brilliant musicians. Now, are they in England now? I I they, thought they were they living over Germany, there. Germany um uh, like a couple of a couple of days ago and I know they're coming back to support Elvis Costello. And I think they've got a couple of shows booked in in sort of May. So um I'm going to try and pull to support the London show. So fingers crossed. <laughs> nice. That'd be great. Nice. What What's that steel lap steel that she's playing? Did you do any research on no, that? No, like it, it's it's awesome. It's like this black and white thing, and it's great. <laughs> and it's sort of like the 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 bottom like almost wraps around, and it's got yeah yeah. And I just oh, I don't even, I don't know who it's made by. I don't know if it's a custom shop job, but it's really awesome. It's really you know what? We've got we've got Google right here. Let me let me type it in here for our for our listeners. Megan Lovell. So for our listeners, if you don't know, it's uh, he's talking about the band Megan Lovell. Well, the band is called Larkin Poe, and then the it's two sisters, and um, one of the sisters plays lap steel, electric lap steel, and her name's Megan Lovell. So let me see if we can figure it out. It's in literally all of their promo shots. <laughs> yeah, I see it. I wonder if that's a Supro. Let me see. I don't know. It looks it looks kind of old though, but I don't know if that's just because it's been toured so much. Is that it? Might be the Rickenbacker. Ah, it could be. Playing. It could be. Yeah. I think it is actually. I think I've read that somewhere. I'm not sure, but yeah. Either way, like she plays a mean slide, and yeah, they're just so talented. I think it's brilliant. Really great, like new find for me, and not really well known over here in the UK. Like, I talked to a couple of people, and they're like, "Oh, I don't really know them," but. I'm trying to turn as many people into them as I can because I think they're they're awesome. I'd love to yeah. play like as soon as possible. <laughs> It'd be brilliant. <laughs> well, it's very cool, man. It, you know, you you've entered this world, kind of the 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 lap steel or lap instrument world, and I know from mm. experience that that there's a lot of really good people in it. You know, you being one of them, and and it's a small kind of close knit community. And, and I'm sure if you probably contact her, I've, I've never contacted her, but I know, um, you know, she's in that, in that kind of nook of, of Dobro and lap steel players. Yeah. And I know that she, I think they've played with a guy that I supported a while ago called Blair Dunlop, 
who um, is, a, is a great guitar player himself, and I'm pretty sure they did a record and she played dobro on it. Um, but yeah, I, it's just a real pleasure to be sort of in the in the community, you know. And it's nice to talk about the band and try and get us uh, kind of a bit more known in sort of a niche market rather than just go at, go at it like a blanket and sort of <laughs> see if anyone will take it. So trying to just talking to talking to you today and getting everyone sort of in the community that you've built as well, just sort of turned on to our tunes would be brilliant. So yeah, thanks so much, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, I I was you know so happy to to have discovered you, and I think I think I, I found about found out about you definitely through Facebook. But mm. um, um, uh, Aaron Radford, yes, have you? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I haven't met him yet, but he's an, I've done an interview with him as well. Like he's um super enthusiastic guy really cares about the instrument um yeah he's a lovely chap does a really good job really committed can't fault him really <laughs> yeah lovely yeah. chap like, i think I, I mean personally like i've been watching um your channel for a while like just trying to when i first started just trying to find some Wisenborn licks really like some more bluesy stuff in open d which was really quite hard to find because a lot of them were dobro stuff sort of open g tuning so finding an open and D one was quite difficult, so I think um, I think that's how I came across you guys. Oh, nice. so, yeah, it's a real pleasure to talk to you finally. Like, yeah, man, for sure. I I I uh, well, it's it's great having you on here. Yeah, yeah. I I'm kind of too, just kind of getting into the the open D yeah uh, shapes and patterns and different places where you can play certain things. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of uh, feel like. Um, when I get a Dobro, I'm going to have to go open G. So that'll be a whole new thing for me. I've never, ever tried it. So I've just uh, permanently, because I, I kind of think that if I tried open G, I have tried open G on a Wisenborn, but it just feels too tense and it does, I don't trust that it'll handle it very well. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, um, yeah, as soon as I get my hands on a Dobro, like, like open G is something I'd love to pick up, especially nice. for if I've got a solid body as well, because I think most steel players, with solid body of playing open G, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I keep, uh, you know, I've got a, a few uh, lap steels. Though I actually just did a gig um, this past weekend at a little bar that's about half an hour away from my house, mm -hmm. and played open D the whole night. And it was a, it was a weird. It was a reggae gig. Really? And I'm playing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, I, I, it 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 just dawned on me that I really need to put out some lessons and and just for myself make diagrams for for these patterns for open d you know? mm, yeah definitely like i know a guy a band called echo town they play a lot of reggae and they kind of use a lap steel and yeah he's uh, got a great tone his name's rick um yeah they're good they're good lads you should check them out they're cool they've got a didgeridoo brothers and yeah they're, they're they're pretty sweet so yeah we gigged with them what's the name of the band again echo town echo town okay yeah they're cool guys so yeah um the dog at the door <laughs> <laughs> well cool man well i think uh yeah yeah i think we're we're kind of uh i'm i'm all questioned out but i'm really i really thank you for for being on the podcast yeah of course man i didn't know if you want to do a quick one about gear oh sure sure yeah what kind of what kind of gear do you want yeah it'd be a long section just be cool to get it in there yeah, yeah. What do what what are you, what are, what are you uh, playing through? Uh, well, amp wise, I'm going through a tiny, like 25 watt, like Fender little Fender. Um, I don't even know what it is. It's like a little Fender Champ or something. But it has got the best gain I've ever heard on amp, and it's tiny. It goes so loud, 
loud. But to be honest, most of the time, I'm going clean, and, and I have um, a wah, and I use a tube screamer, TS9, um, a bit of delay, and a reverb pedal, just to add a lot of a lot of space to the solos, really. Um, but the, occasionally, I have a, a Marshall Super Vibe, the chorus pedal, Marshall Governor for there's like a lot of the heavier riffs and then I use um a Marshall Blues Breaker as like a boost pedal for the solos but the TS9 is sort of uh the default setting so that's that's on most throughout most of the gig it's never clean it's just that I kind of treat the the TS9 as like the clean setting and then go from there so I get the tone perfect on there and the drive how I want it and then everything else is like a boost for the solos or a bit of ambient reverb, really. Nice. Yeah, it's not, nothing complicated, nice and analog, and that's how I like it. <laughs> Very cool. And and are you running all these through the same chain, or are you doing an effects yeah. loop for like no, no, and stuff? Uh, no, it's just one straight out with the guitar, and then just a daisy chain through the pedals. Wah goes last for me. No, wah goes before the reverb. So I'd normally go... Um, the delay, and then the TS9, and then probably the governor, then the chorus. So it's kind of like a bit of a bit of an ongoing chain, really. Yeah, nice. So, um, old school, but I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love I I love pedals. I love gear just to to uh, you know to begin with. Mm. So and then and then you're you're running through the. Uh, the, what amp did you say again? The Fender Champ? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the time I use a Fender Champion. Um, but when I'm... Uh, my little one at home, I, I, I bought it off a friend for like 90 quid. And it's like a... I think it is a Fender, a Fender Champion. I think it's like 25 watt. And it's, it's an old one, so it's a solid state. Uh, and it is, it is vicious. It's so loud. Uh, um, I love it. And it doesn't ever have any problems. It does the job. And everyone sort of laughs at you when you turn up for a, a gig and you've got this tiny amp, but oh, it's, it's chronic. And you stick a mic on it and it, you, it holds a candle to anything I've ever played through. Right? And it's so gritty. And it kind of, nice. the aesthetic of the band as well, like sort of a rootsy vibe to it. So, yeah. And are, are you, uh, what's your EQ setting on that amp? Well, because I've got a horrible, I'd need to like sort my wire out, but it's a Vox wire. And it adds so much treble. So I take all the treble out of the amp and I put the bass right up. And that's mm -hmm. so I kind of go from there. I get the tone from the pedals and the treble comes from the wah. So the bass is 10 and the treble is zero. And then there's a bit of, and then I just try to play with the mids really. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone yeah. looks at the amp and goes, What have you done with that? And it's like, <laughs> if, if I put it, if it changes, then your ears are going to just get shrilled off because it's such a toppy sound with that wah pedal but as soon as I sort of get the money for a bit more gear I'll um, assess the situation because it's difficult like because I play electric in the set as well so there's a lot mm -hmm. of um, uh, changing the settings so yeah that's that's it really it's nothing nothing fancy it's a bit ugly but it does the trick well very cool Thanks. well we'll wrap it up here I wanted to thank you again yeah Barney Kenny everybody with check out the Dust Bowl children now let's that's a little bit I know you're on Facebook yes uh yeah okay. Facebook uh our Twitter handle is uh Dust Bowl Tweet uh Instagram Facebook YouTube are all just the band name 
you'll see uh, our profile picture is like a is our EP cover, so it's like a tweed patch and like a leather trim. So we're pretty easy to find. We're very social, always posting, always um, on Twitter and Instagram. And we actually have got a band Snapchat now. If any of you guys are on Snapchat, we're um, Dust Bowl Snap. So um, that would be that would be super cool. We can nice. chat. <laughs> I'll have to Snapchat you. I, I <laughs> you, you'll get a no. I always do Snapchats of my dogs. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, thanks, Barney. No problem. And uh, check them out, guys. Okay, take nice. care. Thanks again. <laughs>